0: I think the main thing that, that that would have been lost for me is is the ability to ask good questions. You know, the questions that, that bother all of us. Like, well, wait a second, how can you say that when you also have this?
1: Welcome back, my dear friends, to another episode of Beyond the Book podcast. I have with me a great guest. Today's name is Rabbi Rafi Billick. Rabbi Rafi is a rabbi and marriage counselor, family counselor, a social worker um, for the Baltimore Therapy Center. Rafi, as I've seen, has written a few books of his own um, already before he's written his uh, or he's going here. He's publishing his book with Mosaic Press. Um, his books are very interesting titles. They seem like, like children's books, but obviously just from getting to, to see Rafi for a few minutes here, I see that so probably not very, uh, not very simple books. So, with great messages, the the titles there on those ones are uh, "Bossy Bela," The Very Special Gift," "Sisters I Share." Are there more?
0: Uh, there's one more. It's not fair.
1: It's not fair. Yeah. And he's publishing a book, in the, I would say, seems to be a totally different genre of, <laughs> of book. This is uh, it's called "The First Ten Letters: Secrets of the Universe Hiding in Plain Sight," and we're gonna we're gonna dig into all that because. As I've seen and as I know, uh, all that and all that a person produces and creates uh, is part of them and is, um, shows something about them. So not that these things are separate, and we'll we'll dig into that and unpack all that as well um, in a minute. You can find, there's a lot, Rafi writes a lot on uh, online. You can find his blog posts, um, and you can contact Rafi through fromcounselor.com.
0: Uh, yeah, there's a small website up for the upcoming book, uh, the first ten letterscom com uh, with some info and stuff like that we will probably expand it as it gets published.
1: you're gonna write you're gonna write blogs for that too
0: uh, Probably not blogs just I uh, got some basic info up there um, some of the famous people who I got to say nice things about me think,
1: so. <laughs> You got the force? Or?
0: uh yeah you know I um, just uh, reached out and said hey you look at me say you know I, the, the few fam- the few connections I made in my life that I'm able to to, to milk a little bit so.
1: all right nice. who are those? Uh, who's on
0: there? Rabbi Kellman's on there. Uh, Rabbi right, Becker's on there. Um, uh, Rami Rettman, who's a mashkiach at Chevron uh, right now, um, we have got to catch her. So, I'm trying to think, camera rocks out of my head. Everybody else is on there.
1: Okay, cool. All right, uh, Rafi. Besides, besides those name drops you just did, uh, tell me a little bit. Tell me a little bit, about yourself. I know you grew up in uh, Montreal, but. We're sitting here I, in Baltimore. Yeah, we
0: grew up actually. Okay, yeah, born,
1: <laughs> born, and quickly moved.
0: All oh, right. Okay, I've, I've been around actually uh, up and down the coast. I was born in Montreal. I went to Atlanta for high school. Then I was in Providence and Brooklyn, Jerusalem, say i can here in Baltimore. So mm-hmm. I've been around. But until the Messiah comes, I'm planning to be right here. I'm sure I'm You're not, done. Done moving. <laughs>
1: Okay, and what what brings you to Baltimore? Why was that the?
0: Uh... Uh, we were living in New Jersey for a while. Um, I had some jobs there. I had some grant funded things. and The grants went away. So the funded went away. So the position went away. Um, so we just decided. Uh, my in-laws were in Virginia. Uh, my mom was in Annapolis at the time, and my, I got brought in Silver Springs. So I'm like, you know what? We're gonna put down roots. Let's get somewhere a little closer to the Mishbacha. Okay,
1: Jerusalem. What was in what was in Jerusalem?
0: Uh, I went to Yerushalayim. I was in New York for a year, I decided it was time to go uh, learn about this stuff. So I went to yeshiva um, in Harnoff. Uh, I spent a couple years there and, uh, and learned an awful lot.
1: What would you say was like your, your greatest uh, takeaways from yeshiva in Israel? Um, the,
0: the biggest takeaway is, is having my Rav, uh, Rabbi Gershwinfeld, who um, I just think having him as a guide and having him sort of set me straight uh, and put my head on straight was just uh, a real, real bit of hushkatha and sort of really put me on the right path in life. And i am just, you know, it made a difference in my life.
1: That's amazing. You're not alone in that with uh, Robert Gershinov. He's uh, quite the Baal Itza and he helps people out. Um, a wise man.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Everything goes in, into who you are. I, I went to Brown University, uh, which is, yeah, you know, like an uber, uber liberal school. Um, and, uh, I think I've, I've become a little more conservative (laughs) since those days, but, um, I think a lot of things I learned, they became part of who I am, um, sort of, uh, being able to work with people in an emotional space and, uh, be accepting non judgmental to an extent, yeah.
1: (laughs) All right, but you didn't, you started in, um, computer science, so you weren't, weren't always a, uh. A people person right yeah you've
0: done your homework right i um i did i have a degree in computer science um it seemed like i first when i went around i decided i was going to go into engineering because it seemed like math it seemed like a good thing and uh, the, the problem so i did that for the first year but they don't tell you that engineering is extraordinarily boring so i left that and uh, i said computer science that might be something that's you know good for us and also a little bit less boring it was definitely less boring um but it's hard with computers because even if you program them right, when they laugh at your jokes, it's just not the same. <laughs> you don't get the same geschmack. So I just, I, 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 as I learned about myself, I realized I'm a people person. Um, I did a psychology course in my last year there, and that resonated. And then the year after, I went to do this sort of Teach for America thing. It's actually a Jewish version called Avodah. Uh, and I th- I did that in Brooklyn. I taught computers to the school of like underprivileged kids. Uh, and that, was, that, that sort of changed my perspective. I realized, you know what? I... This job, where the talking to people is the job and not the part that you're doing in between doing your job, was a real eye opener for me. I was like, "Wow, this is really a lot more what I ought to be doing." So um, after that, I went to Shiva, uh, and then um, with Rabbi Gerstfeld's urging, I went to get a master's degree in something, which turned out to be social work, uh, largely because it was sort of quick and dirty, uh, and I did not want to spend another you know eight years in school getting a psychiatry degree or something like that.
1: And that and that's work. That's it's, uh... it's work.
0: Fantastic. I am. Um, It was a great decision, it worked out very well. Social Work degree gave me a lot of flexibility. Uh, And now I'm at a place where I'm I'm running my own thing. So that's really, it's just been great for me.
1: Cool, what do you you think, um, do you think you use any of your um, skills or any of your skills from computer sciences, do you think that helps you as a social worker?
0: Um, It helps me when I have to relate to people who are techies and when I can sort of throw out that degree, they'll listen to me a little bit more. Um, I, I also, I really do like programming. I like the, the way you, you think with it. I don't get an awful lot of use out of that in day-to-day life. Um, one day I hope to sort of get back into programming. You just make my own little things. Um, I used to program little programs that would help me get my tasks done. Now a lot of it is automated anyways, but uh, it's definitely, it's a skill that I, I like and appreciate. It's, you know, it, it's in there for use in the future right it doesn't help you with like social media at all so that's oh no yeah no i mean when i learned this it was just as social media was beginning to come out uh so i'm actually really not very literate with facebook and twitter and all this social media out there and the truth is it's better because a few times i've been on there it's, it's pretty horrifying to me
1: yeah it's also a hole but you get sucked in there um, but in terms of like your practice have you, have you transitioned it on to into the uh internet world
0: I mean, yeah, I'm Mm -hmm. totally comfortable with the internet. I've done a lot of, you know, during the pandemic year, I did a lot of work on Zoom. um, And uh, I have a blog, a a professional blog, besides from counselor. I also run BaltimoreTherapyCenter.com. Check me out online. Um, So I have a blog there as well. Uh, And that's, you know, draws in a lot of people who are just Googling, like, hey, I need help now. I need management. I I come up, so that's been helpful. You know, I, I learned a little bit about SEO, search engine optimization, which has helped me. Get found. So it's definitely been a, a bonus to be you know, comfortable and familiar with the internet world. Um, and I use social media a little bit just to, you know, I have a page on Facebook so people find me, but um, it's good to keep it at arm's length. I really don't want to get uh, sucked into that. You know, I'm on like one uh, group for therapists in the Baltimore, DC area and that's pretty horrifying the way that they speak and treat each other and talk to each other it's like they they can be pretty judgmental and nasty which is funny because you you would think and hope they wouldn't be
1: a group of therapists right
0: yeah well i mean you know again it's this very uh, the, the whole field is very liberal and so people who don't fit that box um don't don't survive very well so i you know i don't say a lot on that group i keep my mouth shut but uh you know, put out there for referrals and things.
1: Yeah, it's very, it's super helpful, Facebook uh, yeah. Facebook group. <laughs> um, how do you think, like you mentioned, that the therapy therapist world is uh, very liberal. How do you, I saw that, you know, one of your web- websites is geared clearly towards Jews. I don't know if anybody else would know it from, from counsel I mean, yeah, uh, I've not
0: gotten a lot of uh, non-Jews <laughs> going there, although I get a lot of spam there uh, with interesting comments, but uh, yeah.
1: And then, and then your Baltimore therapy center is not specifically geared towards Jews.
0: No, that's um that's just for the general public, and you know, a lot of people find me on Google. You know, I think, you know, in the frum community, people who are looking for a therapist or for marriage counseling. Certainly, you know, they go to the rabbi, they go to a friend, whatever. They're not really googling as much. Sometimes it happens, um, but you know, for your general person out there, who do not have a huge, you know, uh, base in their community um they turn to google that's, that's what we all do nowadays you know you need something you go to google so i you know work a lot on just getting on google on first page that people would find me in far uh, away it's, it's a great name possible. from
1: counselor i'm sure you don't just get from Baltimore. that's like
0: uh... yeah no i get I, people do do contact me from all over the place um as i as far as you know um australia and new zealand and people calling from there um it's been cool uh yeah um right from counselor it, it, um, you know, again, I did some SEO work there. I, I work on it less just because there's only so much you can do, you know. Um, but I put some posts up there from night to time, which, um, you know, the interest of interest to people.
1: Right? How do you think that the, like your patients from um, that are specifically looking for a from counselor or therapist, um, how do you think that differs from
0: like your work with just the general public? I mean, it's nice to work with from people and for from people to work with a from therapist. I don't think that a from person always has a from therapist. I think all things being equal, it's better to have one, but all things are not equal. You know, sometimes, you know, the best, you know, eating disorder therapist in your the area is not a from person. If you have an eating disorder, you should do that and not go to the from guy who like, Oh yeah, I've heard of eating disorders. Like, that's not. You know. um, but yeah, you know people who are looking for someone who understands their their background, their world, whatever, I think it really helps a lot to be able to relate in that way for me to relate to them without relate to me. So I don't, I don't think it's critical, but I think you know when when someone wants to you know bear their soul to someone to have someone from within the, uh, the same you know group is um, it's comforting.
1: Cool. that's a that's a good point. Um, so let, let's jump into your into your writing a little bit your books. Um I would, so I guess your your first set of books, which they weren't a set, they were they were written over a bunch of years. It looks like right. So your first set of, I'll call them a set for my sake. A a set. Now it's a I, set. Now it's a set. On Amazon it looks like a set. So that's okay. Um, so that first set of book, which is a set of children's books, tell me about the experience of like writing that, who it's for, what's like.
0: Yeah, it's funny. It's interesting. I, when I wrote them, it was not at all like, oh, I'm gonna write a children's book. Um, I, you know, I'm a social worker, um, like emotionally connected. I realized there's this issue with my kids. Uh, I think the first one was bossy, right? So when we had a a, a second child, the first one took the older child role and became kind of bossy and you know, pushed it around things like that. She must, I wonder when I write I can't remember. She was three or five or something. And uh, what doesn't work with children is you shouldn't be bossy or don't treat your sister that way. Those are things that don't work. What does work is stories. Uh, and so, uh, I wrote a story and I think I just like asked some friends around, like I found some from girl, like a high school girl who, uh, liked to draw and I said, Hey, would you do this project for me? I think I paid her you know, like 30 bucks or something, you know, just some base, you know, she drew some pictures, I gave like, yeah, somebody was like, great. And I put together, uh, uh, this book and you know, this was well into the era of self-publishing. So I just, you know, you upload a PDF, uh, got a cover and. And there you have it. And I ordered it and I just read it home to my daughter. And I just kind of you know, read it over and over a couple of times. And, you know, without, you know, preach or anything, just read the story. And like my daughter treated it as a story. It probably went in, you know, whatever. she's still a firstborn. And so that comes with certain, you know, aspects to it. But I, I, I think it helped. Like we saw, you know, that it, it, it things shifted over time. So it worked, uh, and so then I was like, "Well, this is great." So next time, basically, the, the, the books are, are catalog of my family social issues, basically, you know, <laughs> right? So whenever there was an issue, was like, "You I should write a book about this." Do you remember what the second one was? I think it might have been I Share, right? For when uh, it was probably the second one, uh, it must have been like, I guess two or three or something. When sharing becomes an issue, you know, it's not really a realistic um, capacity for kids at like one or two years old. But as they get to, a little older you want know, to still know that value and rather than saying oh you should share your toys or don't we like to share our toys or be a mitzvah girl and show your those are all nice you should say things but you know stories so i i again i just wrote it up and put together the story uh which is very very basic um and i, I was it the same girl who did i can't remember if i got the same girl to draw or not and that was then, you know, i got on the computer put some pages together make a pdf send it in you have a book and you read it um, and I think that one was well liked by all my kids at, at the right age. It's very simple, nice drawings. Um, so, yeah, so over time, whenever there was an issue, I would uh, write up a story rather than trying to preach or lecture. Um, and so I had these books. I think some, I can't remember who, it was, but probably my mom, who's a big fan of mine, obviously, right? <laughs> they told me you should sell these, you should get these out. And I think other people also said, Maybe like a friend of mine was like talking about them or saw them at my house. I don't know. So basically, I got this idea. Someone suggested, "Hey, why don't you put them up?" Like ah, eventually, whatever. But so well, it wasn't so hard. Eventually, I just put them up on Amazon, and uh, that's it. Now they're available to the public. I right? you know, they, they get bought a little bit. I don't track it very much, um, and I don't I don't push or advertise because that wasn't the point, that I don't have time anyways. But. Uh, I think they're great, I think they're really helpful for people facing those issues. The, the, my favorite one is the last one I published, which was um, The Very Special Gift, which is about Tsunidas. Uh And that, I think more than anything, you know, when my oldest daughter started asking these questions about it, she was probably about, I don't know, maybe eight or nine. No, it's gotta been earlier than that. We just started asking questions about it again. You know, It's very hard to convey this in a way that doesn't seem heavy handed. To children you know older people anybody
1: yeah, right right well to adults <laughs> yeah. you're
0: right to adults you can talk in a way that talks about you know spirituality and and, and deeper things and maybe they can hear that maybe not but to a kid you, you can't and so i i just came up with this metaphor uh you know of this girl who has a diamond it's a very special diamond she keeps it private what happens when she doesn't keep it private and, you know she shares it with people and it just becomes not so special anymore it's just like without really touching the issue directly about like why it's important to cover our body or anything. I mentioned it at the back and talk about how our body is a diamond from a sham and all these things. Um, and I think that one is really a powerful one. And I, I would like to get out more, uh, again, I don't really have um, like any channels to do that. Maybe after I become a famous author with this new one, maybe I'll be able to get that Or from that the one. podcast. Right, right, yes, absolutely. I mean, if people want it from there. I did have one person actually buy uh, the iShare, it was iShare. Some random person bought on Amazon and made this, put this comment of like, it wasn't so good because she advised it a Jewish book. And she was like, "Oh, yeah, what's this Hashem thing in there? <laughs> so, so after that, I, I changed the Amazon description for Jewish girls, whatever. I don't, I, mean, I, I don't want to be fooling people into buying these books for who it's helpful for. So yeah, I think yeah, anybody at, at their stage, it could be very useful for whatever they're going through. And the Sneas book, especially, I think is, could be really helpful for a lot of people. It just goes, how do you explain it to girls who are growing into this and just getting used to it? And having a metaphor and a story to to work with, I think would be would be great. So I definitely love to get them out more.
1: Right, that's awesome. The the ability to um, to translate your messages and your urge to lecture, but to to channel that into a story and into a into a message like also shows that you understand how people, kids like understand things.
0: Like, we're we're don't, all like that. I mean, measure, th- yeah. you know, you think about reading like a like a a book or a tour or whatever. We all, it's the stories that we're like, you're like oh, it, oh, a story, great. Like, oh, on about said, oh, yeah, that's great. like, And they stick with us, they, they're memorable. So, you know, we all like to think that, like, you know, we're grownups and we like to get into the Torah and deep thoughts. And that's true for for some people, but most of us, a story really hits us in, in, a, in a stronger way. And certainly for kids, you can't, you know, giving lessons is important. It's like, you know, it's uh, the, the concept of planting and building from Ravold, right? Building is you should do this. And then planting is like, hey, look at this story. Right, you tell a story without like I need you to behave like this. You just I have a book. Well, let's read this book. It's a nice book, and it, it goes in over time and it grows.
1: Right, I always have this like discussion if uh, like Uncle Meishi and his ability to to translate messages into songs, but it's also stories in essence. Right, um, is he one of the like my chinuch? Like I grew up on that um, and those stories, like and uh, the ideas, the songs and the same is true with you know Rottenberg and marvelous wheels machine and those and journeys those the messages that get through with music and a song gosh that's uh mm-hmm. yeah. and the story and music that that could that just drills at home um and is that like one of the greatest teachers in, in the jewish nation in Israel today but i but i think that you you said that you need both you need the planting and the building that was will be but you need you need both because just songs or just stories then just become stories and if they it's reinforced by seeing their parents share, or seeing their parents do the right thing. Then it's uh, right.
0: I mean, those are more planting activities. When I right. when I do those things, then they, they it goes in subtly. The building part is that you teach them, like, oh, this is the halacha about sharing, or you know, we this is how we treat our brothers and this family. And those are important. Setting boundaries, setting rules, making sure that it's clear. But that's not enough to grow an organic person. There's the, there's the planting part where they have to grow on their own. We were just—I I was listening to, on the way to a store with my son yesterday, and
1: we were listening to that um, marvelous music machine. Uh, Tati, we want more, right? All the kids go to the store and they want more and more. And my son was in the store and he goes, "Daddy, I want something, but I don't want more and more. I just <laughs> want." something. Like, yeah, so ahead, then then it gets in and it, and it sticks. <clears throat> That's like yeah. a super important, and also to treat ourselves like that. I think that um, I learned a lot when I read my kids' books, no matter what it is. And um, are there any? I guess for you, are there any Jewish books today that like children's books that you look at you're like, get inspired from as well?
0: Um, yeah, I think Prophet Getz has a lot of really great uh, message books out there. And, uh, you know, she's one with uh, Rabbi Yaakov Horowitz, uh, Let's Stay Safe, which I think is great because I used to work a lot in uh, child abuse prevention.
1: Awesome. Yeah,
0: and so I'm, I'm big on that. And again, it's, it's very hard to like, talk to kids about that without being scary or heavy-handed but just having a story again just, you know story rhymes pictures great
1: we do that all the time and, and smack in the middle there's about three four pages there with like some nice sensitive where he addresses sensitive sense of issues of just keeping your body safe and keep your body private and it's in this bigger picture of just staying safe and safety and kids get it it's, it's right. part of that goes in very yeah. very well done that book i would say too okay so are there more coming that's the
0: you know, uh, my oldest is now a teenager. I think she'd probably be oh, on teenager. picture books, <laughs> right? I don't know that that picture books will help. The youngest one still maybe. You never know if an issue comes up. Maybe I will. Um, it's a little bit time consuming, uh, so it's not immediately on uh, on the horizon. But you never know. I wasn't planning on any of those either. It just like that, you know, happens. What would you like to see? Like for I know it's a, it's,
1: it's beaten it, but like the for kids like what would you like to see more of in kids books uh, Jewish and not Jewish even even not Jewish books like secular books we call them but what would
0: you like to see that they the messages they give over to kids at the young age you know it's hard i i um i i picked up some books on empathy for kids i've seen around because i think that's a really important thing to instill i'm not thrilled about how they've done it um it's uh, many of them are are still a little bit too direct so I don't know, maybe, you know, uh, social awareness books and empathy and real books like that, that don't, you know, sort of strike the wire directly, but like, you know, yeah. telling stories and things and asking questions at the end, maybe, but like just, you know, trying to instill those values in a, in a much less direct way. Cause I think that's what, that's what works best.
1: So the, the less direct, it's, it's
0: a balance, it, it, it's a balance. You can't sort of like totally hide it there in the story and like not bring up all well. But when you talk about like you know, don't you think you should be like this too? I think it, it, it breaks the the sort of the, the fourth wall, um, and so striking a balance between a story and a lecture, I think, would be great. Cool. It's yeah,
1: it's 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 hard when you get out there and you start looking like go to the bookstore and you just pick them up. It's uh, it's also it's also scary to know what other things they're they're sort of the subliminal messages they're also putting in. Um, TV is the same way, even kids stuff today. It's hard to know.
0: Yeah, the secular kid stuff today is a little bit. Uh, it's getting dangerous because they're they're sort of the you know the openness of society these days. They're sort of very subtly putting in like everything's okay and everybody's okay and all these things. And you know, for my kids, I really want to teach them. You know, they should be respectful of everybody, and respectful of how every you know you do what you do, and just to, to care about other people without saying that like oh, okay, we can just do anything and everything's okay. I don't want to you know. Uh, that, that's, again, a, a balance strike with kids, I and mean, it's, uh, it's getting harder as society sort of takes on more and more things as being just the norm.
1: Um, and then, so now you're transitioning into uh, even like a Kabbalah book, so it's like skipping lots of steps here. Kabbalah, <laughs> well, right.
0: Well, actually, there's a lot of Kabbalah in the kids' books. You just have to know where to look, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. I, don't, I don't know if it's, I mean. Uh, how do you see, how, well, explain to us this book, uh, your,
1: the your new time. book, The um, First on the Others, and uh, how you came to it, and then we'll compare and contrast it to sort of your other your
0: yeah. other work, your stuff. Yeah, yeah. It's actually it's funny. Um the the first ten letters is also written as a story. It's a it's in dialogue form. Um and again, you know, stories uh a capture us. Like um
1: like a cruisery.
0: Like mm-hmm. Yeah. It's similar to that, right? I just yeah, stories capture us. They, they they keep our attention. And so um I I debated that at first um because I have a lot of material I wanted to share. I was like, oh let me just dive in and start sharing it. And I thought, you know what? it might be better in this question and answer format. Also because the, I came to these the ideas through my own exploration, my own questioning. So there, there are a lot of kashas I had on myself and to be able to have a foil to ask those questions, I thought was really helpful. Uh, so what,
1: what's the format? You're you're asking them to yourself? You're asking them to-
0: it, It's, a, it's um, a student and a professor who have to run into each other at uh, the airport and they, they have a discussion through their trip. And so the, the professor who who's like a firm professor uh is from a linguistics professor. That's the that's the page. So uh he has all the answers and then the the, the student who's kinda like not so initiated, like has great questions and questions and, and responses. And you know, it's it's both sides of me asking and answering together, and they put it into the book, and I think it's a good format to get out the um the ideas that need to be gotten out there. Um I don't remember how I got into this. I I found it fascinating from the beginning of my you know studies where I, where I heard these ideas about the letters. I thought it was fascinating because to me the the most powerful part of uh, Torah learning of Frumkite is when you see it's true with your own eyes. If I have to buy into some kind of premise you're giving me, it's like okay, I trust you, and so what you're saying, I'll go along with it. Well, if you can show me that, like you know, oh. When it's this over here and over here and over here and over here and it's all this it's all consistent right and then you can tie into what i see with my own eyes like you know the world is a certain way right the, the you know trees are, are are made of this and that, like all the different aspects of reality so that is very compelling to me i don't need to believe you at all you pointed out to me like wow i can make the connection myself like this is clearly consistent and, and consistency you know rings with truth um with with the olive base of the letters that happens all the time there are things where you can see that it's consistent and it ties in and you know across the 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 shape and the number and the name of the letter and then you tie that into reality right And and it's consistent i find that very powerful so you know since i started you know learning torah study and stuff um it uh it just it struck me and i kept those in my pocket and then one day how did I even get it? I don't remember how I got there, but I, I decided to put together some information. I, I had some shurim that I was giving about it in my yeshiva. Um and uh I moved to Baltimore eventually. I I, I went, I spoke to a cure organization here, and offered to do some shearing for them. They never panned out. And I was like, you know what? I gotta get this out here. So I started writing a book. I mean, this is this is you know many years in the making of this book. So I started writing it four-year, five years. I don't know. I mean, the ideas were uh, been around for a while, and I started writing it. And I figured this is a way to get it out without not having to go give this year over and over and over again. Uh, so, like Sunday morning, I'd spend an hour writing, it was like you know, over the, a lot of time, it, it came together. And um, I, it's only the first ten letters, largely because I don't have a great worked-out sheet of for the other twelve. I have some ideas about them, but I didn't want to put out an idea of like cute vorts, like there's these other these other books on the letters, like oh, hey, is Moshe Rabbeinu and this and I Like it's great. I mean, they're, they're true and they're good ideas and they're beautiful. But it's like the scattering of ideas of what the letter could mean. And I don't, that's not my, my deal. My deal is, so in this book, you have the first 10 letters and it sequentially brings out all the fundamentals of Yiddishkeit. It's like, you know, that we talk about, you know, Yechud Hashem and Bechira and, and, and all these things and the fundamentals sequentially. So it's really an integrated whole, which again, speaks to me of the consistency of, you know, the teachings, the ideas, which I think it, to me is very big and so you know I have what I have one day hopefully I'll be able to really sit and think through deeply all the other letters and come up with you know explain how they are uh, another integrated unit uh, but so since I didn't have that and since the book is already pretty big I didn't want to you know wait for that also to take another knows, how many years so here we go here I have this book which which I think just brings out these ideas with consistency with truth and with impact and I'm, I'm pretty excited about it.
1: Cool, but it's also some sort of pattern once you get past ten, once you get past uh, you know,
0: o- ostensibly, just- right, the Ostensibly, the, the, the tens will reflect also on the ones, so meaning, you know, I, I've sort of been thinking about cough lately, just throwing some ideas around my head. Ostensibly that reflects on a base as well, but it's going to have its own ideas, otherwise it would just be base. So, there's got to be more in there, and I have some ideas, I don't, I don't have a full lesson for that yet, I, I, I have pieces of the puzzle, and I, you know, I enjoy putting the pieces together. When I was in Yeshiva, I had a lot of time to think about these things. And now that I'm grown up and I have, you know, uh, four kids and a mortgage, so less time to think about those things. So it comes when it comes. Cool. Um,
1: and what is your, what does your student in your story walk away with? Like, what does he, he's he's inspired, he's it's proven to him?
0: Um, I, I didn't end it with him saying, like, okay, you know, pass the Kool-Aid. It was more like, um, like, wow, this is powerful. I got to think about this. And that's that's where I left it. I mean, this this to me is very powerful, and to me, it is very, um, it, 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 for me, it's a proof that this is all true. And like, it's just hard for me to conceive that all of these things are coincidences that somehow work out, you know? So that was very powerful to me as I was growing in Yiddish, that like, wow, this is something real. Uh, and I think Jake uh, Jake as the student, he walks away with this, it's like, wow, this is something real here.
1: And seeing that for you personally, in your personal journey, like seeing that in the letters specifically, Um, Was it letters or just patterns that that repeat themselves and seeing it again in another place is within it or is it the letters?
0: I mean, the the letters speak to me. I like Scrabble a lot. I just, I like, um, you know, the linguistics and letters and language is really interesting to me. Uh, And so um, partially because that's a part of it and partially because there's just a lot of patterns, consistency, um, you know, it's... um, there's reality to this. There's reality. It's not just, you know, oh, let me give you this. Idea. You know, some people really really resonate with Kabbalah. There's some Kabbalistic ideas in here. I am, I am not a Kabbalist, right? I, I am not even like near the level where I could be in to think about maybe someone calling myself a Kabbalist. I don't even... Mean, <laughs> but something like, like, oh, the sphere of this, and you the sphere of this, and, the, and, and they're talking about these ideas in the sky, but like, you know, where Netzach and Hod play in your lives. Okay, maybe so you'll have these books like, oh, Netzach, you should think about... It. Like, it's... It's borrowing concepts and using them in, in our world. And then it doesn't, it doesn't speak to me. Like, it's, it's beautiful, it's true, it's real, it's good for people. For me, it's like, okay, let me tell you what Aleph means. The word Aleph has a certain meaning, and you see it reflecting this. I don't need you to, to, to believe me on anything, I'm just gonna lay it out. You know, you may have some cautious here or there, but like, it's just there, there's a bunch of facts that all fit together. So to me, it's, it's a very compelling thing. It's, it's real to me, you know, the name, the number, and then something in my life that, that applies to that, like oneness, I know what the number one is, I know what it means to be unique. And to see that play together, like, oh, okay, great, this, I can connect to that, as opposed to like, oh, you know, what is so? We're talking about so but like, oh, it's this idea, like, well, connect it to something that I can actually relate to. And I, I just find that very powerful.
1: It's like, right, very practical and yeah. relatable. Yeah. What did you, did you have, what do you have to cut out from it? They're doing it in this format of a like question and answer. I know that, like, in terms of what we mentioned, like, like it's been rewritten without... Um, the question and answer. I think originally was written the dialogue, in, yeah. was dialogue, and uh, and then rewritten. And it's um, when you read the the dialogue from it, it seems to be like cut out a
0: little bit. It's, uh, I mean, I believe do the do you rubble. feel like
1: you have to do that?
0: Um, I think the main thing that that, that would have been lost for me is is the ability to ask good questions. You know, the questions that, that bother all of us. Well, like, wait a second. How can you say that when you also have this, right? So this format really allows a space to ask the question straight out without having to answer the question in this backwards way and hope that it doesn't come up. You know, the reader may have some of those questions themselves. I have those questions that I, that I work through. And so being able to just put the question out there, I think is, is uh, being real about uh, potential weaknesses and arguments um, and being able to respond to them effectively.
1: Cool. Yeah, this. Uh, I wish more people would be telling stories and telling, you know, using that that kind of idea that they're trying to get an idea into people. I'm not just putting an idea out there. I'm just trying to have it resonate and write it in the, the format that could do that. That's.
0: I I, I had a, I had a debate with myself at the beginning. On one hand, I think it's relatable in this way and people can get into it. On the other hand, um, I imagine that, that that some serious students will look in and, and like uh, poo poo it a little bit, like, oh, it's a yeah. You know, the storybook, whatever. Um, I mean, there. I think there are a lot of deep and useful ideas in there and interesting ideas. And I think, I mean, I wrote it so that it would be accessible from the most beginning person to, you know, someone with a lot of YouTube of a background. Um, I, I contend that there will be new and useful things in here for everybody on every level. Um, I can imagine that some people may look at it as a story and um, brush it off, but uh, hopefully, you know, it, it'll, it'll hit enough people that will make an impact.
1: But uh, the same this thing probably the same people do that to the tower. I mean the whole Boris is a uh, is a story and as soon as you start digging, it's really not a story, but the story allows it to continue, allows it to get into you. Right.
0: That's right. The, 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 Hashem does not say, okay, you should have lots of assets, okay. you should do good thing. It tells stories and gives people to emulate.
1: Yeah. That's um, yeah, super important. How do you do you use this kind of creativity in your in your practice as well? If we've seen like being able to take this. And translated to children's books now translate into a very like a, a fascinating way of um relaying pretty deep concepts very deep concepts um of the office. So, like do you use this kind of creativity or what kind of creative ways do you get to
0: uh or do you express that creativity with your clients so i think the way that it comes out i don't know if you'd be able to say oh well this is creative but like, <laughs> well i'll tell you the way that what's going in my mind is that i use a lot of um, metaphors and analogies for my clients because Again, I think those make uh, concepts relatable uh, and, you know, problems become sort of clear when you can envision it in that way. And I find that very helpful. Um, I think clients find it helpful also. And we can find a shared metaphor to discuss what's going on in their life or in their relationship and be able to relate to it in that way. I actually just put out an article which was published last week, the um, new social worker or some new social worker, about uh, talking about how therapy is really a lot like archaeology. Um, and I think a lot of, I've gotten some good feedback from that because it doesn't seem like an immediately clear comparison as I can tell by your furrowed brows. It's like, what are you, what are you talking about? So it's, I, I think it, it's actually quite a, a, a remarkable fit in terms of how, when you're doing therapy with somebody who doesn't like it, it's one thing to say, Hey, I need to lose weight and I do this, but like when you're going deeper into someone's life, like we don't really know necessarily what we're going to find. We know, okay, here's an excavation site. Here's our client. And there's stuff in there i know there's stuff in there i don't know how deep it is i don't know exactly what i'm gonna find i have some sense we're looking for like you know some old coins or something so you dig and you dig and for a while you don't really find anything all of a sudden like junk you hit something like oh something's here let's let's look at that and they're like oh this could be delicate let's let's brush it off a little gently like let's not talk about the subject too directly like let's understand what's going around the subject for you like huh there's a shiny thing here like could be something oh no turns out that was an old can never mind that was not a big deal let's keep going like, oh, I found the corner of something here. Let's explore more. Oh, there's a big, oh, wow, there's a really big thing here for you. Let's understand it. And so I wrote that about, how the, the opening of that article is about how people sometimes ask, so how many sessions is this going to take, right? <laughs> it's, it's, uh, the answer for me, I have, no, I have no idea. I don't know who you are. I don't know anything about it. But I use this metaphor to explain, like, look, we, we don't really know what we're going to find. Don't know what's down there. Don't know how long it's going to take. Pretty sure there's something to find in here. And uh, We can find it, you know, clear off the dirt, take a good look at it, and then, you know, show it to the light of day, and then we can understand better what we're looking at, and that'll help us make decisions about the future. Um, but what's in there? I don't know. Let's find out.
1: Right. I think that analogy helps both the, both the client, meaning both the uh, patient or client, and the, and the therapist. It's, it's a sensitive issue, and, and you don't know what's, up, what's in there. Right. Um, we ourselves, we know we can't do X, you know, not as a therapist, but as a client. We know I have a block towards something. Maybe that's a really big deal. Maybe it's not huh, really a big deal, and right. it just needs a little uh, a little push over the over the hump. But maybe there's something there, and to treat it like that, um, that's a great analogy. Do you, ever, do you ever find yourself getting caught in like the analogy where the client would be like, like I know their analogy are muscle snobs, you know that they needs to work out perfectly, and how perfect do you need to work to make it?
0: You know, it's interesting. Some of them work out really great. The the the, the archaeology analogy really works out great. The problem is when you have like a muscle snob, it's like yeah, but you know uh where is your shovel? Right, it's yes, not but, hot it's hot in the archaeology site it's right. not hot in the office like right <laughs> I, I have never had anybody challenge me on that i do sometimes acknowledge you know when the analogy ends its usefulness um but often you can extend a good analogy you can extend pretty far uh and it helps us understand like you know, when you get the, when you say the next thing oh you know what it's also like this part of the analogy and it helps them understand themselves a bit better and why they're stuck and why things are going so um i've never had anybody really get stuck on that um I'm happy to acknowledge the limitations of an analogy. There, It's always just an analogy. Right. If, it was, if it was the same thing, it would be the same thing. It wouldn't be right. an analogy, you
1: know? But, it's, but again, that, it's so cool. It speaks to your, like this. the same thing you were saying with the aliphates, you know, seeing the the, the patterns and, and being proven again is what the, what the analogy helps you is you see um, the pattern of the truth in this story is the same as this story. And there's a truth there. Now, all the, all the things, the details may be different, but there is a pattern there. And you see that, you see that, um, truth playing out again and again and again. Right. And that's, that's, that's cool. Wow. you think that like you have a box where you have like the muscle box or you just come up with these on the spot.
0: So I have some that I use repeatedly and then sometimes I come up with them on the spot depending what they're telling they me. Yeah.
1: Cool. All right. Um, this was awesome. And uh, thank you very much for joining us. Is there any, anything else you want uh, listeners or want people to know about your book and about your books, about you?
0: Um, boy, I could talk about myself all day long. No, um, you know, I'm pretty excited for the first ten letters to come out. Um, that should be hopefully by the end of the year. Um, children's books, you know, are uh, they are where they are, and maybe one day in the future more is coming. I don't know who knows what projects are next. Depends what uh, what a shame puts into my brain and, and what time I have to do it with.
1: All right, thank you very much.
0: Thank you.